0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects
1: to their elders, past, present, and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 181 of the Beyond 90 podcast. It's been one of those weeks. In Australian women's football, but we will be here as always to cover the good and the bad from our favorite sport. It does feel like mostly bad this week, but we'll try and uh, keep it as upbeat as we can. So, firstly, best wishes to Emma Burke. Uh, she is not feeling well as of the time of recording on Monday. So, we hope you feel well, feel much better soon, Emma. But it's back to the three Musketeers myself, Magella Card, and Dale Roots. Did I? Did I actually say my name, Eric Sabihano? Well, you should know it by now anyway, just in case you didn't. But uh, firstly, Madge, we'll get onto this in a moment, but you're feeling a bit hoarse today, but
1: good good reasons to be hoarse. I'm happy. I apologize in advance for my voice. It will be very, very shaky today. This is what happens when you try and do call and response without a megaphone. Mm. Um, But yes, had good times uh, yesterday with the Raw grabbing a win. So... Mm.
0: Yes, more of it, please. Yes, <clears throat> and uh, actually, I should it does remind me to load the table because there's a proper mid-table melee going on in the dub now, uh, involving most of the team. So mm-hmm. that finals race, uh, the perfect season to to expand to a sixteen final series because this looks like it'll go right down to round twenty two. Also, Dale, uh, I mean, we'll get on to Sydney, Canberra, which we both watched at Leichhardt, a midweek game, but uh, it's been. A couple of draws uh for your beloved canberra united this week
2: yeah it's been a been a wild old week mate it's been um it's been fun to watch i think uh we mentioned uh a couple of weeks ago the sydney central coast game felt Mm. like uh sydney central coast sorry sydney wellington yeah felt like the game that just had to be played but like Mm. these these two games that canberra played this week were were some there were some pretty Fantastic football that was played by both teams in the in the midweek game. And then the game on the weekend at Shuttle Salisbury Field, just like absolutely explosive stuff. Some great goals oh, yes. and yeah, some really, really good play. Um, disappointing not to get to only come away with two of the six points, but yeah, really, really good football to watch.
0: Yeah, plenty of positives, I think, for the team in green. Uh, today's featured Matilda uh, is Matilda's cap 181, Nicola Bolger. So six caps all up between 2012 and 2015. She's one of my people from Western Sydney. Shout out to her grassroots club, Weatherall Park Westerners. And she was a midfielder. So firstly, I will uh throw to Dale in a moment because I think Dale would be more familiar with her as he has watched uh Sydney FC for uh more than uh, more time than I have. But uh again, she you were you were saying pre-Pod. She was born in nineteen ninety-three, so what, thirty or thirty-one and another one of those players who perhaps left the game early because of, you know, that well covered topic, the lack of financial rewards making uh, leading players to choose other life decisions. But I remember a very technically gifted midfielder.
2: Yeah, I, I seem to remember her being in that kind of midfield three uh or midfield four that Sydney played mm. back in the day. Um and I feel as much as much as as you say as of her being kind of Forced out is the wrong word, but leading to you know making yeah. an economic decision yes, yes. that that she that she's going to make a better make a better quid elsewhere. Like I also feel like there were there were too few teams for her to play for in a sense. Like she oh, played for, point, yeah. she played for Sydney and Newcastle for for almost a decade, and then moved over to Perth. Um, and I mean, obviously, we're we're not privy to the reasons behind that, but um, for her to have only had like at that point, they're still there were only i i believe there were only 9 teams in the comp so i mean you're looking at only 180 places mm-hmm. now we've got 12 so you've got yes. an extra
0: in fact a lot of that would be there would yeah, be like at least s- one season with 7 if yeah. i remember correctly and a lot yeah. of that a lot of our careers actually with 8 teams yeah
2: eight so the at the towards the end as i said like um only having like having 60 or 75 fewer places to 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 earn uh, a dub contractant. and you know, as we were discussing off mic, I mean, she's in, she's in the healthcare profession, so she's going to make a make a great deal uh, more of her more of her talents, you know, both both within the work that she does, but also economically than than she would do if she was in the dub. But as you say, I mean, a, a very ta- talented midfielder. We, I, I also tend to remember her playing in the NPL New South Wales periodically. I think that was mm-hmm. very early on in my kind of like actually, to NPL New South Wales watching, which would have been like 2014-15. But yeah, I seem to remember her being a, a loss to the game for more than one reason, as I said, um, a good player, but also um, obviously had a bit of smarts about her, which we love.
0: We do love that. Now, one of my ridiculously niche skills is being able to navigate the otherwise incomprehensible um, of the old NPL stats website mm. boo, boo to you game day and um a pox on all the state federations who still use it but more seriously i've been able to de- determine she's played for um, macarthur rams and blacktown spartans yeah and you know, as you said on and off uh yeah i we remember her mostly as a sky blue one season with newcastle jets although that one season was enough to make her one of one of the favorite players for friend of beyond 90 daniel haney so i think that's pretty uh high praise also, latterly, and I did find this out because of the wonderful work Neil Bennett does covering NPR Western Australia. She has, I mean, apart from the season with Perth Glory, she was playing in uh, the Perth local comp. Although she did, did not do that last year, so mm. yeah, so she's uh, yeah traveled a bit. But you know, that's uh, football is you know a pretty good way to uh, travel and uh, see new places. Now that I've paddled for long enough, because there's the elephant in the room that we now have to discuss. Uh, Sam Kerr's ACL injury suffered during Chelsea's training camp in Morocco. You almost certainly will have heard about this um, by uh, the time you listen to this podcast and just, yes. Um, This this is really our chance to be sad while it's being recorded, I think.
2: It's the third item on the news today on the seven o'clock news on the ABC. So, I mean, it kind of shows you about how much the Matildas are part of the kind of zeitgeist yeah. of modern Australian culture, which is fantastic. But I mean this is mm, this is uh, prefer, yeah it's pretty yeah.
0: gutting. Mm. Madge, I mean
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it it's sad that it's just another star of the game. Mm. Same thing. We've said it so many times with every new player that gets it, this time it cuts you know, really deep for us um, leading into an Olympics that I think that we had high hopes for as a country. Of course, you know, with the World Cup, we saw that, you know, our team can perform without Sam all of the time, but to lose, you know, arguably the best player in the world, um, no one can really cop that uh, with a smile. So, yeah, pretty sad. Damn ACLs.
2: Yeah. I mean if I recall correctly obviously she had uh she had the calf injury at the world cup she's had she's had injuries previously and i mean she's come back bigger and stronger if you remember back we've had we've had i mean i think of the of the first choice matilda's team at the moment i think maybe 3 may have not done a knee so, like, we're kind of in familiar territory at least, but, I mean, if you look at players like Ellie Carpenter's come back bigger and stronger, Lydia Williams came back bigger and stronger, um, uh, there, are, there have obviously been players like this in the past. I, I think that without being, without sounding facetious, I think that at least Sam is at a point in her career where she knows that she can play without just pace. Um, mm. She's learned in the last few years, she's not slowed down by any stretch of the imagination, but she's grown so much as a player, as an intelligent contributor that she doesn't necessarily need to be the fastest player on the pitch. Um So I guess that like, at least that's a silver lining when she does come back, but it poses so many questions, um, especially in such a thin squad that you have to take to the Olympics.
0: Yeah. yeah so it's, would be the miracle of all miracles if she is somehow fit for the Paris Olympics Ugh. and then fit enough to make an 18 player squad. So I'm not, I'm not lighting a candle for that uh, possibility. Although but
1: we're already a week into 2024. All optimism yeah. is already. already it's, gone. Yeah. Like- Where
2: the, the tournament's what six and a half months away. I mean, yeah, we'd be like buying lottery tickets and collecting four leaf clovers at this point. Yep. Um yeah
0: it sucks, yeah, I mean it is worth pointing out the glorious four nil victory over Canada in Melbourne was done without her I mean, we yep. can do this we we can make a good run at the Olympics without Sam Kerr. obviously yeah, we beat, Captain obvious here
2: we, we I, beat Denmark without her for the majority yep, of the right. game
0: uh giving her what that ten or fifteen minute run just to make sure when the game was pretty safe just to make sure she had some minutes before um, yeah, quarter, yeah. So it's um. I mean, I'm
2: thinking it's... like we were discussing as we said, we were discussing off mic ways that we could be getting her out there. Mm. <laughs> um we're thinking like uh a, like a, a catapult situation where we just uh use a, a weight tied to her leg and let the weight go and the catapult pushes forward if we need to take penalties. Mm-hmm.
1: Put her on a giant uh, foosball with yep, maybe all the players. I like mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Uh
2: Madge suggested the uh Isuzu Utes. Uh we could just strap those to her legs and power her around basically yes. like a, a, a spy drone. Yep,
0: yep, oh, that's good. Uh, how, um, how, yep. And yeah. how do we pay for the how do we get the funding for know. the Isuzu can we, Utes? Can we get
2: can we those little kid those little cars that the kids have these days that are like remote controlled? could we put her in one of the i don't know we're really <laughs> grasping at straws here. Yeah, it's just, oh, yeah, yeah it's cooked yeah.
0: <laughs> yes it yeah it's um it's uh, at least you know like mm. chelsea under under emma hayes have shown like a great duty of care to play so i mean we can't we won't have any questions there about uh the rehab and um uh, obviously like you know us we're pretty good at sports science as well so i mean for both for club and international mm-hmm. um standpoint sam will get uh, the best of care and uh i'm sure it'll be uh we'll all be delighted when she's back on the field but it's um it's it's a rough one i mean mm. uh yeah just i mean i did as always i like, embedded interesting tweets in the pod notes and actually i've linked to i think an episode back in november when we discussed this in the women's football thing and greater issue, because I I don't think either any of us feel like doing it again. Also, no. should you feel particularly keen to read about it, I did find <laughs> a link to a, jo- a paper published by the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Shout out to Becky Taylor-Gill, the English journalist uh, from the wonderful Pod Counterpress, for sharing that. And I thought, a bit possibly a bit above my intelligence level, but I mean, maybe there's one listener out there that will get something out of that uh, very deep academic paper. But the, the reason... The too oh,
1: long don't read is basically... It's lots of things, yes. not one thing. Yeah, we've got to ad- address lots of things.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah.
2: If you want and to, if you to want to read better. more on that, <laughs> PubMed. Just go onto the National Institutes yes. of Health website. I'm sure that there's plenty of reading. <laughs> yes, yeah. What are knees? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, uh, I mean, what are knees? Firstly, what I, one thing is knees are terrible. Yeah. they yeah. I said I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous pod or was it whether it was off mic, but I saw a 3D model. Of the knee just appeared on my Twitter feed. I'm like, that's ridiculous. That is a- that is the most ridiculous joint. Yeah. Like, whenever it,
2: whenever people, I'm not not going to get too heavy here, but whenever people are like, you know, we were in te- we were designed by an intelligent being. Like, you only have to look at the knee and say, <laughs> yes. this is this is just what are it's, we all doing
0: here? It's like, <laughs> so so that tiny little ligament is the most important one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but
2: you can hold a banana in your hand, and that's proof that we were designed intelligently. Yes. But like my knee. My knee stops working when I turn my leg in a particular rotation. Yes. Come on.
0: but And um, yes, I, I I do remember um, uh, getting knee pain in a previous job. By the way, that was an office job. It's just because the floor was uneven. Like mm. it's, it's, a, it's awful. <laughs> awful joint. I worked and, at yes.
2: Bunnings and I stood up for eight or nine hours a day. Again, the good Lord did not intend for us yes. to do this.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and let's layer on some history of Discrimination against oh. women over, over oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it all yeah. adds up to badness,
0: yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, uh, echoing Haley's Haley Routley's thoughts at this point, why oh, why God does the anterior cruciate ligament exist? Once again, we do this, um, but yeah, um, again, throwing it back to Becky Taylor Gill, uh, doing more research is great, sure, but it would be more productive if everybody read the research that Dan mm. has referred to, and if. Clubs put better practices in place based on that, but yeah, and then, and then yeah, Becky says very the same as what Madge would said. There's so many elements, and basically, there's no easy fix of uh, this rather pointed quote. There's no easy fix to a society that treats women athletes differently simply because they are women. Also, and then Molly Hudson, a thread that was I'd recommend reading, which is just. there's so many circumstances and it, it starts with a lack of strength and conditioning work from a young age. Like I think about 12 mm. or 13 years old compared to their male equivalents in youth football. And then it goes from there. Basically,
1: if you've got a young, a young girl, get a tackling, <laughs> just get a tackling and yes. playing rough housing yeah. and yes. doing yes. that sort of stuff. Now yeah. if you want right. them to grow up playing sport.
2: You need um, to be having your
0: four-year-old deadlifting. Yes. Yep. That's what, I, that's the next thing. Just like, <laughs> Get your child living lifting heavy stuff.
2: Yeah, yes. uh, you need to be sticking to exercises that are named after places: uh, Romanian deadlifts, <laughs> Russian twists. Uh, yeah, Bulgarian split Bulgaria, Yeah,
0: Bulgaria's got to have something named after them. There's got to be
2: anything that is named after a place. Uh, you have to have your four year old doing. Uh, you know, you've, you you want to be doing three exercises a week, ten sets per muscle. <laughs> <laughs> We need to be getting these kids Project Kerr. We need to be having these kids ready to go off the production line. Yes.
1: And our Bouncy Castle. Yes. More contact sport for children.
2: Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, as as you said, as you said. Although we do need
1: to think about concussions as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, I remember when when we were at school, like, we – we had like when you would do p e you would be set you would be told, oh, you could either do like go do weights or you could go play sport like you could go play cricket or tennis or whatever they were doing. I can't imagine that being a thing in like girls' schools even being encouraged to like do p e so I guess as you say, imagine like that kind of even not just roughhousing, housing but kind of the concept of the use of your body from such a young age is is something that's uh something that should be encouraged, as you said.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I try to make this a little bit lighter hearted, and back to the solutions oriented mindset. We, Dale and I was mentioning with various um catapults and whatnot. I like this tweet from, uh, Rachel. I'm f- in my throwing anything at the wall to see if it sticks era. Let's sneak ABJ into the Tilly squad. ABJ being Aggie Beaver Jones, the English young talent from Chelsea, and claim that she's a miraculously healed McNamara. They look similar enough that it could work. That's what that's what we need. I and. <laughs> I, I had not club. thought about it until reading this tweet, but well, I, I mean, really rate Grape this Great Britain
1: aren't using us,
0: so yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, well I mean, Great Britain not using anyone, as we know, because oh, yes. like, <laughs> yeah, that's the easiest way to lift the mood, no matter we to, what We have the to we have to kidnap
2: Chloe Kelly, fix her like change her eyebrow shape to mirror Holly McNamara's, and yes. then, and yeah, stick her out there. Yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> yes, and then did uh, see Kirsty
2: Fenton playing up front for the for the Sydney against Canberra, so look, anything could happen.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, just Chloe Kelly. Maybe, maybe, um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Chloe Kelly, uh, get um, Emily Ilyoski's mom, Catherine, to dye her hair so that it, yeah, um, so that it, it's a part of the change of identity. Tell her to, um, take penalties like a normal person. So to, to further disguise, itself, that talk. Weird step that she does. I yes. feel that her don't,
2: talking would don't give talk. away the, don't, 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 the don't answer quickly. It, it
1: doesn't seem to matter for the soccerers, So,
2: Yeah, very That's true. That's a very good point. I mean, a lot point, of those I plays, mean- never lived or been to Australia before. So. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's it's so now off a wild tangent. Um any of you who get the Football Australia media releases for squads, mm. uh, they'll know that for senior squads, they like putting the junior club. So it's funny seeing a couple of Scottish clubs yeah. and Aston Villa for Ryan Strain in such a list and whatever yeah. Gethin Jones's junior club is, I assume. It's
2: yeah. uh, HNK yeah. Rijeka from Croatia. Oh, yes. For... Oh, who's
0: that? Fran Karacic? or?
2: Yeah, Fran Karacic,
0: I think. So, um, yes, that's right. And, mm. um, and another I just had a
1: flashback to my New Year's Eve. There was a guy at Woodford Folk Festival in a full Hibs full kit wanker. So it was God. very out of place. But, he, also, he must
2: have been on a, got a lot of gear. Also, yes. <laughs> speaking of uh, gear, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> that's, a,
1: that's a good enough segue. I
2: was going to say, sorry, I've completely lost my train of thought. My apologies, please go on. Um, yeah, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs>
0: um possibly for the best but you know i mean if but let us let us know if you if if the thought appears um later down the line um now i've I've lost my train of thought as well but
2: oh we had some signings this week
0: oh yeah we did also um yeah let's like let's um bring it back uh to the positives um the uh, I think what Madge might call I can't believe this wasn't already official Charlie Grant announced by Tottenham mm. so we, we did discuss this at great length um, earlier but uh, in an earlier pod but yes uh, and uh, good to see the first kits of Charlie, uh, first photos of Charlie in a Tottenham kit as they played a trial game. Also uh, Katrina Gore signing for West Ham and uh, great to see um, I'm go I've, I have had a senior moment, what's the name of her child? Harper. Harper, Harper I'm so sorry <laughs> sorry everyone Harper, front and centre of um, West Ham's announcements. As oh, yeah, activity. lots of
2: great Harper content. Yeah, I did yes. really enjoy that. Yeah. Harper did not want anything to do with it, though. Uh, I, like, oh, <laughs> I take some photos with your mum. I don't want to do any of those things.
0: I, 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 I didn't sign for West Ham. What, what do you yeah. want from me? <laughs>
2: Why well, have you dressed me up in this ridiculous outfit?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but...
1: Another kit. <laughs> ah, yes. A kid pub kit has more kits than you, Eric.
0: Um, yeah. yes, that that kid also definitely has more talent than me, so
3: <laughs>
0: yes. And as I think going back to a top earlier topic of discussion in previous weeks, yes, future Australian international, not any other country, Clara. Mm. now um, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, I mean obviously we're we're looking forward to seeing those two in the WSL. I am particularly intrigued to see the Katrina Goi experience for West Ham in a relegation Mm. battle. Uh, Yeah. um, Firstly, first up, her slide tackles. It's... Love them. Yes. Nothing nothing says... I'm worried that
2: she's going to get suspended in, like, the the next 11 games. (laughs) There's not long to go in this season, and uh, I, I wonder whether the English officiating society may be slightly more rigorous than that we see in the AFC, uh,
0: uh and we're about to find we, we will definitely find out. And by the way, her and Christy Mewis as well, because um, Christy Mewis is also known for such behavior. But really, I mean, thanks to Madge for reminding me mm. of this. If West Ham need to protect a one goal lead late in the game, if for those of you that remember her duck walk at McKellar Park in 2019, I think, mm-hmm.
2: uh, imagine Katrina
0: Gori duck walking. <laughs> at the Chigwell Construction Stadium with West Ham barely <laughs> hanging on to a one-goal lead.
2: She probably has to duck walk at that stadium because, like, the pitch has been cut up from it being frozen. So yes, she's going to be going to be maintaining three points of contact to the ground at all times. Yes. <laughs> so oh, it, a... it is, it is going to be interesting. I think, like, it's it's funny because Mewis and her are both, like, I've, as you were saying, they're both pretty, like, rough tacklers i mean rough is probably a bit of a stretch but yeah. they're pretty physical players but they're also both like decent ball playing mm-hmm. midfielders so i mean it's going to be interesting to see how they how they pair the two of them
0: um yeah does that mean yeah it's it uh west ham they've done the recruiting also oh, who was the other shalina Zadorski. that's the other signing They didn't. They like. They think they did need an experienced central defender, so that's a very good signing. So, but it's um, they really, they they really don't want to be in the championship. Let me put it that way. Especially Mm. with how chaotic those promotion battles tend to be. Like, yes, being captain, obviously, yes. Don't don't get relegated. Not not in a league with only not to a league with only one promotion spot. That's that sounds like that sounds like basic misery for all your fans and uh tottenham i think charlie grant has got a little bit more time to settle in tottenham doing a bit better that least mid table and i mean the, the rumors have been around for a while so clearly they like what they've seen from charlie and yeah, it's a, another one so she um follows the you almost call it the karakuni cross career path going australia nordic league wsl mm. shout out also to courtney nevin so let's yeah, uh, even more Aussies to even more Aussies to watch at the WSL. down I don't think we'll complete the set, have one at all 12 um teams this year, but you know, it's maybe next season. Uh now on to uh the dub results. So we had a bonus game. There was uh a Wednesday night game at Leichhardt Over, which both Dale and I attended. Sydney won, Canberra won. Uh firstly, to anyone who heard a wild scream when Torrey Toomath's name was said on the PA pregame. I apologize for absolutely nothing, but then <laughs> onto the game, Uh good finish from Aideen Keane, but then, yeah, you mm. Canbro, they, we, we were pretty down in the dumps about their prospects, but I think they, they showed, they basically, I think showed us a thing or two and a, a good away point for an awkward midweek away trip, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that, Uh, as we were saying when we were there, the thing that stood out was just how high they played the defensive line. They were basically playing offside trap on halfway, which was an interesting decision to say the least, but really nullified Sydney's ability to play over the top and to, to use just compressed the midfield in their own half so hard that they they basically couldn't play out, um, especially in the second half. There are a few opportunities that Canberra had that they'd be kicking themselves that they didn't take, especially in the second half. But like, yeah, as you said, it was, they were well worth a point. Sydney were, I wouldn't say Sydney were disappointing, but they were, um, they were not at their best. They're definitely not that that a few chances that they missed that they probably should have taken, unfortunately. And yeah, ended as I said, ended up with Kirsty Fenton. Mm. Playing up top, which was uh, an experience that we all got to undertake.
0: Yep. Twice in a week, as yeah. it happens. We'll get on to the Sydney Central Coast game. But yeah, it's, um, did not expect, um, Ante Juric's halftime reshuffle that ended up with, uh, Kirsty Fenton up front. So, I mean, it's, it's been done by emerging jets in the past. So, um, mm. clearly just thought, why not? And yeah, just, um, it it I I do uh Kirsty very skillful player but it is interesting with all the attackers in Sydney squad that this is what they've chosen to do but you know I'm I'm not a coach so yeah it, well they've and... got
2: we we had it confirmed that it's Shay Connors is out with a broken foot yeah Fiona Woods uh,
0: has a L LCL LCL yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah um I mean obviously they've still got Vine on the sidelines or Zay yes. Vine didn't play against Canberra. Yeah. And did, um, Princess Abini's really the lone hand up there at the moment,
0: yeah. We got Aiden Keane, who I mean is still recovering from her own ACL injury, yeah. Uh, so and a, bu- a bunch of uh young players, so perhaps maybe maybe Kirsty is kind of a player with a couple of seasons under her belt, maybe that's why mm-hmm. she's the option. And I mean, for one thing, we what we saw against Canberra definitely definitely put herself about, yeah. shall we say? There was uh, there's uh. Didn't mind the way she, um, you know, gave the Canberra backline something to think about. Yeah. Um, uh, Madge, I suppose next up, the reason your voice is hoarse. Brisbane to Wellington one, and yeah, this. I have I referred to this earlier, but uh, five points separating third place Western United and tenth place Central Coast Mariners. Uh, we're gonna have a fun second half of the season.
1: Yeah. Well, it's definitely the result that Brisbane needed going to the second half of the season. So yeah, pretty happy with the performance. and I think it's um it's that positive trajectory that we've been hoping for, you know having played you know decent football in the previous two games, being able to you know continue you know putting it together and and pulling out a win, but also just you know creating some really good chances across um the game as well, um looking much more fluid, um, connecting passes. So yeah, just really exciting. I really enjoyed. I mean, the first goal, um, Tamika Yallop, just you know, pouncing on a mistake, mm-hmm. and that's something that we haven't always done. Yes. So, just you know, really punishing um, those opportunities when you get them. Um, that's great to see, and that's you know what a player, the quality of Tamika, can do. Oh my God, my voice! I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, but really enjoyed the second goal. Um, you know, Charm Fryer making one of her, you know, really sort of incisive runs and just cutting it back to uh, a perfectly timed run by Kai Stevenson to I think grab her first dub goal ever. So um, great reward for her as well. Um slotting into the starting lineup. So yeah, good performance. A little bit disappointing that um Brisbane again conceding um goals from a corner. I'm getting a bit like Sam Kerr going, keep conceding goals from corners, do you use not practice them. Um <laughs> So probably something to work on on there. A um, little bit of controversy late in the game. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that handball on the line. I personally think that it came off Scarpelli's body onto her hand. But you know the camera quality probably isn't good enough to get a really definitive response there. But um, yeah, I think a good and a good game both ways. I think Wellington had some good chances as well. Couple shots off the post from. Um, I think Norrie and um Tamar Levin coming on late also had a had a dig that was probably a bit disappointing that she hit that one into the woodwork. But uh yeah, it could have could have had a few more goals in it as well. So entertaining and yeah, good signs for Brisbane. And yeah, definitely keeps that midfield um table um uh, race interesting.
2: Well, yeah. all of Wellington's defeats this season have one only been by one goal as well. So but and they, mainly away.
1: And I say like they they haven't been great away. Yeah, I mean, I was chatting yeah. with the um, Phoenix fans um sort of at halftime. That's sort of yeah, what they were noting that they haven't had great away um from home form. So, you know, and that's something that, you know, they'll they'll want to keep on working them, themselves. But mm. yeah, I guess they're always gonna be at a bit of a disadvantage with that that travel schedule, same as Perth. So it's um always a hard thing for them to get over.
2: Perth and Perth and Wellington have the same, have the exact same goals for and goals against at the moment. So as you say, like home, they play like champions and away from home, they play like mugs sometimes. But I mean, we'll get onto that Perth game later on, I guess.
0: Yeah, so um, I did because I, eh, to uh, kind of, in a sense, fill in for Emma, I did you know, actually try and pay, particular attention to the games involving victorian teams she was at melbourne victory one western united four and mm. oh my goodness um it was uh, western united feel they just playing at a different pace to victory it was um yeah they're just uh it really really sharp the kind of thing uh a victory uh uh couldn't handle and you know Kat smith she's um it, mid-season Coaching changes are difficult, but yeah. she's she's got one over her former employer. And in fact, also, by the way, there was a goal from former victory player Adriana Taranto and an outrageous assist for yeah. um, uh, Chloe Legazzo. That was a nice goal. Taranto, I mean, I think unleashed her inner David Beckham with a cross from deep on the right side and put it right into Chloe Legazzo's path. But yeah, just just, um, you know, Western United, they... they I, they did look for me. It looked like they were going to have second season syndrome, or at least not well. They didn't. If it, it hinted at that at the start, but you know, Cats appears to have turned it around, and um, you know, there's still uh, plenty of time for Western United. They're only three points of second spot, so that would be, I think, the double chance in the finals should they uh, end up with a top two finish. So you know, there's plenty of intrigue there as well. Also. Now Melbourne City are 6 points clear courtesy of a 5-0 win over Adelaide and they're da- yeah, pretty much the Daniela Galic show. Um
2: yeah. They were pretty impressive. I think Adelaide just haven't the wheels awesome fallen off assist. Adelaide.
0: And and a uh, hat trick in the first 34 minutes. It was yeah, well. Yeah. you yeah, got me. Just- oh yeah, yep, yeah, we got.
2: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was just going I was just saying the wheels have just completely fallen off Adelaide at the moment. They they look like I mean, I know that they obviously lost Fiona Wurtz to Sydney this season, but they just look totally out of ideas so much of the time. Um and I, I think obviously Melbourne City are a very good team. Don't take that away from them. It's obviously not me dunking on them, but mm. man, just you kind of like they're just getting absolutely run rough shot over at the moment. This this week, the the Unite round, not the round of magic, uh, the unite round game, Adelaide Canberra is gonna be a, a game of football that is gonna happen. <laughs> I warn you all. So yes,
1: when is is um, that the um Friday or Sunday?
2: That's Saturday, Saturday early game.
1: Oh, alert. that's before. Yeah, okay, good. All
0: right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So um, I will be there, and uh, you can if, if you sure, can. Too. Apparently, <laughs> I'm easily. I'm easy to find at Dub Games. Apparently, so just you know, come and say hi. If you see me. I I I assume I'll be wearing a Canberra jersey. I could be wearing an Adelaide jersey. Maybe I mm. might switch at halftime. I have that option. But yeah, just um. Adelaide, same thing as with Victory, Western United, Melbourne City playing at a completely different pace to Adelaide, and it was, yeah, it's um, yeah, the Melbourne City have now scored a lot of goals, to uh, that it, they are some outliers. They are twenty-eight goals in a, at this stage of the competition, pretty much halfway. The second highest team scoring team, oddly enough, bottom <laughs> of the table, Canberra the United <laughs> with twenty with twenty goals. That is some gap between first and second. Um, yeah. Also. I mean, I mean, and I think Dale, we could see why in the game, but number two, Sports Grand, um, a good old-fashioned dub chaos game between Newcastle what if we and just, Canberra.
2: What if we just kick the ball as much as possible? Um, this game was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. There is, there is no, there is no sense of peace that you can ever establish in your life following Camber United. Unfortunately, one uh, 0 went to two one. And then was all square just after halftime. And then Melinda J. Barbieri scored a great goal. And then Sarah Clark scored an absolute worldie. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, I think for this one, like, a, a, I think a draw was a fair result. Like, the possession was fairly even. The shots on target were fairly even. It was pretty even in the midfield. As I said, uh, at the... Canberra Sydney game. Like, I kind of expected this game to be super even just because they have kind of like they have their outliers in terms of age of, you know, one or two senior mm. senior players who are over 30, and then like all kids um, in both teams. And obviously that kind of showed in this game as well. Um, and yeah, as I said, two absolute bangers in this game.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of them from Serena Bolden, another goal and an assist in the same game for her. And.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> Newcastle who I mean let me just check the table. Yep. I mean, who would have thought they're in they're in the mix for finals like it like everyone else, but yeah, the Newcastle have put one over on other um the other dub teams by securing uh Serena's signature. But yeah, I mean Sarah Clark was more like Clark Kent with that goal. I I yeah it does she was it very was, good. It was she's so far away from the goal. I've uh yeah. like I, I they, they there's video. I've embedded video of it in the show notes. You need to see it if you haven't. At this point, poor Izzy Nino. Just um, what are you supposed to do as a goal? Oh nothing. Yeah. Nothing. There's
2: there's those like I conceded a goal like that this year, and the only thing you can really do is just stand and watch because yeah. like if you dive, you're not you're not getting there. You may yeah. as well just enjoy the show. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm sure Stefan enjoyed it. He's had two long trips in the same week, but. Uh, he hasn't seen a defeat, so and he's seen on plenty, plenty of good football. Um, also, uh, just to round off, uh, the weekend's football, I was in Gosford for Mariners nil, Sydney nil. Uh, so more of the Kirsty Frenton centre forward experience. I think it's got it's got potential because she's got you know she's you know able able to trouble defenders with her physicality. But yeah, I think you can see Mackenzie Hawksby hadn't been getting much game time at Brighton. It's not the same thing. But you know, that's they've got enough games to uh player into some kind of form. So Sydney, you'd assume uh you'll assume they make the finals because that really is dub heritage. They have mm. yet to miss miss a final series and then you know, watch out for them in the finals no matter uh where they finish. I think um the Mariners really uh, they they have put a lot of players in the middle of the field. So uh that which I mean given how historic strong historically Sydney have been in the midfield probably wise decision and uh you know good more good um tactical work from Emily husband the Mariners coach I mean it's just now they need to uh, uh find a bit of more a bit more of sharpness up front and uh but on that note Sydney did Sydney's defense did do a pretty good job in origamal I think because I mean, not every defense has been able to say that at this season, mm-hmm. and then uh, apologies. It is a bit hard after a big day to cover the late the Sunday night game in Perth, but Perth Neil Wanderers two, and uh, really the headline is Sophie Harding, who has broken the record for most goals scored by a Wanderers women's player in one season. Uh, two really well, really nice goals <laughs> to surprise Perth, especially in Perth. Now the Wanderers are in the top six, and um. Yes, um by the way, I know the seasons are longer, but Sophie Sophie has broken this record in ten games. So I mean it's the longer season hasn't helped to break this yeah season. I mean record. The, was, the record was,
2: was also also like six and it was yeah, by six, like it was seven, Gray. Yeah, seven. So yeah, yeah. We're talking speaking of dub heritage, we're talking, you know <laughs> we're not we're not exactly talking about you know world beaters here, unfortunately.
0: Yes. But by the way, although a bit of a trick missed by the media, at least as far as I can tell. She is also, her first goal against Perth also made her the Wanderers all-time leading scorer. That was her ninth for the club, breaking Catherine Canulli's record of eight. So I haven't seen that anywhere, but yes, I mean, yes, I, I, you're, I understand your action, Dale. These are... Low numbers compared to some yeah. other clubs. It also doesn't. You, know, does you, can, mean only,
2: that- you yeah. can only break the records put in front of you, Matt. It,
0: it also means it also means at least for now, the Wanderers' all-time leading scorer has less goals for that club than the Mariners' all-time leading score, all scorer, yeah. which is Michelle Heyman. <laughs> for now, I, in the form hardings in that we won't be able to say that for too much longer. But yeah, I mean, I think, and yeah, to, to try again I mean, people know I'm a bit harsh on the Wanderers sometimes. I mean, it's not. An ideal situation with the co, with with the coaching thing, and I think the squad possibly could have been better constructed. Although you, we don't know what restrictions Cat Smith was working with at the time, but uh, when you got a forward in form, I mean, center f- mm. in form, center forwards win games, and you know that's they can they can sometimes it it doesn't have to be that complicated a game plan when you got someone in the form like what Harding is in right now. Just just kick it to the really fast woman.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, also, a tweet I liked uh, from Professor Mark Bowman um, in relation to Brisbane versus Wellington. A couple of photos of Perry Park and just the caption, demonstrating that it is actually possible to grow grass in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Well done, oh, look, yeah.
1: it, Another reason why I don't want double headers because playing on Perry Park is way preferable to playing on a um a sun court pitch. Um, amazing what happens when you've got a, a FIFA World Cup investment pitch that is left alone and doesn't mm. have a concert put over the top of it afterwards.
0: Yes. Um,
1: oh, well maintained, not left alone, of course.
0: But. It's, it's, Australian football. It does. It, sometimes it feels like we never learn. Concerts bad for football. Bad, bad for football. Like just. Yeah. But it's it's been like this since the start of the E leagues. Really, there's all there's always a there's always a concert somewhere. At a key point of the season. In fact, it's yeah. also affect. It's also potentially affected Matilda's venue selection for the game against home game against Uzbekistan. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. We've got Tay Tai.
0: Yes, yes, always. Um, now, just a brief preview of the first ever Unite round. Which, uh, sorry, I mean, the three of us will be uh, there. But yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry, Madge for the ongoing Sydney hegemony because um, once again, you are traveling. Oh to look, us, I mean. But- <laughs>
1: It is it is technically a Brisbane home game. So, <laughs> um,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> I figured I had to go along, so I'll be hopping on a plane. Uh, but does um, your
2: does your membership get you into this game?
1: You know what? What's the deal? You- I, I I haven't kicked up a stink, but I do need to email the club. Um, I am a whole of club member, not just a dub member. The dub right. members were sent codes in order to get the free ticket, but uh... whole of club members did not get codes. So of I don't know how many. I don't know if there's just lots of whole of club members who aren't going and aren't trying to get a free ticket, or maybe they've just paid. In which case, I was like, "If you're generally a men's member, um, I don't actually mind you having to pay money for another duck mm. ticket." But, um, uh, <laughs> but you know, I did, I did have a workaround, and yeah. someone had an extra code, so I did get my free ticket to my home
2: game. Lovely. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like you're CEO or. CFO can like complain about being too old to like format a PDF. That's, that that like is 32. true. Oh uh,
0: yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, like one of them is a lawyer. So yeah, that's right. That uh, again, it, as I that's the yeah, the now weekly um tradition of this podcast. Me feeling old. Yes, I am older than Casper and yeah. Zach
1: Anderson. Ah. I am looking forward to it though. Um, I think I think it will be fun. I think it will just. I think those like art games going to be good vibes. Just oh yeah yeah basically yeah bunch of people like us just uh, Dale and I do our best to
0: make sure of it. Yeah. And yeah, I assume yeah. little corner of yellow for um, at least the second Friday game, Wellington versus Mariners. I'm just looking at this. um yeah, like yes, you're right. I mean it's chance it's a chance for me to be technically correct, the best kind of correct when in the future I can say I've watched Victory in Brisbane home games. And Western United oh well no I've already watched a Western United home game. That was last season. Let's not talk about it. But uh, everywhere. Yes. And and also the Perth home games, home games I've watched in Western Sydney and Gosford in the past, but um, yeah, just I, I, don't know. I mean, is there? Oh yeah, that's right. I suppose for people outside Sydney travelling in, I think they all. I mean, I suppose our first advice is, don't drive. To Do Leichhardt. not drive. Do not drive. No, no,
2: no. Do not drive. Uh Lilyfield, the game's not in Leichhardt for one. It's in oh, Lilyfield, yeah, right. so it's in the suburb across from across. It's yeah. The Western Distributor, or whatever it's called, yeah. your best bet is if you're staying in the city, tram to it's L- Lilyfield or North North Lycart Station. Lycart called North Lycart L- North yeah. Station, and then you just walk up Mary Street from there. Um, but yeah, do not. I drove to the game on uh, last week, uh, the midweek game, and uh, Lycart is very... Leichhardt Oval is very well known for its ticket inspectors.
3: Mm-hmm, yep. It's
2: all. Uh, it's all one hour parking on game day, So you will get a ticket and it will not be cheap and you may as well just, you'll get free, t- free tram to travel to the game. So if you're going to do that, um, you're much better off to do that. And the trams are pretty good. The tram, well, I mean, yeah. at least that tram line is running now, so.
0: Well, yes, um, yes, that was, that's a bit of a fortunate one uh, If you're one going for us, to,
2: yeah. if you're going to more park for, or, or, uh, Parramatta for the other games, you can just catch the tram or the train there as well. They'll be yeah, included in the match day right. ticket.
0: And, um, yeah, it's a it's not right next to the station, Combank Stadium, but I mean you got you got to talk oh, to Parramatta and yeah. me, your pre and post game meet, meet up, your sport for yeah, you can Parramatta, go to the yeah, Woolpack, yeah. you
2: can go down 8th Street. That's like it, Parramatta is is um, a very different place to what it was 10, oh, yeah. even five <laughs> years ago. Yeah. There's a, a lot of uh, there's a lot of really nice eateries in um in Parramatta Square if you're so inclined. Um,
1: like between um, Matilda's games and the Basketball World Cup. Parramatta is like my my Sydney home. It's good fun. Mm-hmm. I love staying yes. there. It's great,
2: great tra- geographical spot. scenery, Sydney. Pretty much, yeah. Um, also has a World Heritage Site.
0: Fun fact, government. Also
1: yeah, that really all yeah, yeah. walked past it and went yeah. oh yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> of course, um, I mean it wouldn't be this podcast without a little bit of a grievance at scheduling. So the two, I mean we we do have a Victory Perth and Wellington Mariners do- well, victory versus Perth and Wellington versus Mariners, double header at Leichhardt on the Friday, then Canberra versus Adelaide and Brisbane versus Newcastle on the Saturday. But the two women's games on the Sunday, featuring the two Sydney teams, they clash. So they're both at 5 p.m. So your choice is Western United versus Sydney at Allianz, which I think the three of us will be at. Or you could also go to Wanderers versus Melbourne City at Combank Stadium. That's a bit unfortunate, but uh, well, wait. Actually, well you know.
1: with the form Wanderers are in, that could actually be a really yeah. Actually, I think I still think Western United Sydney's probably the pick. Um, I saw of course from Canberra, um, Canberra, Adelaide, yeah, which just might be there.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah, Western Sydney, Western United Sydney, I think is going to be a is going to be a fun one. Uh, yep. I wonder how that one's going to go. Actually,
0: yeah. um, uh, I mean, I don't, I've never met Cat Smith, so I don't know if she's. The type for a siege mentality, but if she was, would be worth pointing out that they've lost another home game to Sydney. So, mm. if 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 she was that type of person, <laughs> I'm not a coach. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure. Like, if, because yep, and I, I don't know. Message it. Message one of the three of us if you have have a question, just in case. But or if you just want to meet up, because I mean, I'm I'm, I'm really hoping to meet. A little corner of yellow will definitely be there because they're based in Sydney, but also I'm hoping. victory vikings make their presence known um our very own stefan i assume will drive up i mean he's he's in the habit of driving up here so he might as well do it again for a saturday a convenient saturday game for once and yeah just uh yeah it should should be fun and um i once again i apologize uh for sydney hogging all the good stuff so maybe next year dale and i will be the ones uh doing more than you taking public transport uh yeah okay so The second heavy bit of this uh, podcast, um, it's, again, the well-worn topic in recent months, uh, in investigation into how fan behavior is affecting players. So this particular one is tricky. Um, There was a piece which was then deleted, but uh, shout out to Will Thompson for sharing it, using the Wayback Machine to um, share it, because... Uh, I think there were some interesting issues about uh I don't know how to put it the how players are affected by all the attention on their personal lives. So you can read that if you will. It was deleted. We're not sure why, but mm. it appears to be something to do with beef that the article that the author of the article has with Counterpressed, a uh, well-known English women's football podcast that some of you might have listened to, and possibly maybe maybe there'd be a veiled shot in the article. There was definitely some things in tweets uh, the author did afterwards, but I'm not i I'm not an expert to speak on that because I think that's more. I don't know the English WOSO media scene well enough, but I still think there's enough in the piece that's worth uh sharing also, I mean, I mean I this is another topic I'm sick of, but a video a pretty disturbing video from a Barcelona home game about uh Barcelona fans coming to the crowd to sign stuff and just having items launched at them, which was. No bueno. No.
2: Or no. Uh, um, ah. Yeah. We, Madge, you start. You can
1: oh, I, also, I'm, I don't really know where to start. It, it is the whole, the, I, it's such a huge topic. I, I think as I've kept thinking about it, it's, we're really coming to a head around celebrity versus, or celebrity fandom versus maybe what women's sport has been before now and, b- and before the rapid rise into celebrity stratosphere that women's sport is now heading into. And I, I, I think we're seeing some adjustments and, and growing pains about expectations and um, and what that means. And I, as I I guess so much about women's sport has been, uh, and the Matildas in particular and the dub gets sold on relatability of the players, people, players, fans being able to um, interact and um, see their role models. But as, as, you know, the Matildas are getting into this huge, like, like you, like you said, that Sam Kerr's ACL being the third um, Mm -hmm. biggest news story today, it really changes the relationship and Celebrity is something that I think can be really confronting, especially when you do have disparity between, uh, you know, other other players and and people who that other players that perhaps aren't in this in the same stratosphere as some of the the um, more well known players. So I think there's a uh difficult sort of nexus that we're heading into and I I mean I I do think that clubs potentially need to do a little bit more to prepare players and you know for what that means I think what that article that's been taken down talked a lot about I noticed that a lot of those players were saying that they they were just letting their managers manage social media and Mm. I think I think the way we're going is I I think we're probably are going to be moving into a space of maybe not less authenticity, but I think things are going to become more guarded. Um, As things get into a more celebrity space, it is going to be more like a movie star or a a huge pop band where there's, you know, there may well be more security around players there may well be um, less opportunities to meet. And chat with players um, around games or events, or if they if there are events, there might be things more like the open air event that mm. Arnold, Ford, and um mm. and Kennedy did just recently. Like we're getting into a point now where these players can commodify the fan experience, which is, I guess, in one way, is actually a positive for the players in that you know they're able to. Um, earn more money off of their talent and their skill. Uh, mm. But there's a dark side to celebrity as well that mm. um, I think can be hard to manage, especially if you haven't necessarily gone in prepared for that level of celebrity, which mm. I think is that growing pain sort of yep. stage that we're at at the moment.
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: I think the, the point that you make about the commodification of the fan experience around like having these kind of speaking events I think like that's probably probably the next best thing, but I I really think that like it, one of the things that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago was like the there's obviously a, a kind of logarithmic scale of how bad things are. Like yeah. at the top of that scale, you've got when you go to a Matilda's game or you go to a Champions League game or you go to a WSL game where you've got the best of the best up there and everybody's clamoring to get their autographs and then you've kind of got, you know, somewhere down here, you've got like the Sydney game that we went to a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. where people are still milling around waiting, expecting to get an autograph after the game. And then you've got, you know, the smaller kind of market clubs, like, uh, you know, it's still something you see at Canberra home games, but it's definitely not as as bad just because of sheer force of numbers. Um, But... I mean, above a certain point, it becomes unsafe. It's not yeah. even a like it's an unsafe working environment. And I mean, the, I'm surprised that the PFA haven't kind of stepped in and said something about this. And I know that the well, I'm sure that the Spanish PFA, because I think that the women's the women's players over there have have a separate players' union. But I won't be surprised if something's done about this. But yeah, it's just not acceptable. It's not. It's not. I mean, we've we've spoken about this until the you know until we've been blue in the face. But it's. I think, as you say, Madge, the commodification that they're kind of having these speaking engagements is probably the best way to go moving forward just because it does does still allow you for a kind of personal experience, but it's a much more controlled, almost like a book signing. It's a much more controlled experience, a much more controlled environment. Um, And it also, it puts the power back in the player's hand, um, Mm. which I think is the most important thing. Like if, you know, if you ran up on me in my workplace and said, oh, you know, I want your shirt, first of all, probably inappropriate. Um, Second of all, uh, like it's not not the way to go about things. It's not how you should be. It's not how you you know. It's not how not how you, you would do it to anybody else on the street. So what do you think that you can do it to these people? Um, but yeah, yeah. I think that, that, that the the scenes that I think it was uh bon Marty on the weekend had that stuff thrown at her. Boy, it's just yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing that that article was touching on was around the social media obsession with players' personal lives. Mm. And, I mean, that's a really tricky one. Um, um, But, again, it's that sort of celebrity thing. And I think Taryn's got a tweet in there and Shari's got a tweet in there that that I think are are really important. And that's probably um, the angle that perhaps the article wasn't as sympathetic to around. Um, That for a lot, you know, a lot of young queer fans that, um, you know, women's sport, even though it's been relatively recently they're probably it's one of the, the few spaces where there are just out and proud people <clears throat> having relationships um and it's really common so it's not it's I guess it's not unusual that you know people get attached to seeing that and get invested um in people's personal lives but I think going back to your point as well Dale is like think of it like a workplace it's like if you know, if someone in my workplace says that they're getting engaged, I'm like, "Good on you! That's fantastic! That's nice," but you know, I don't go and obsess. Yeah. Um, to a wild extent, and and like all fandom, I love what the amazing thing about women's sport is the variety of fandom. So we're not trying to sort of you know mm. say fandom only works in a certain way. Mm. Um, I think we can have all sorts of fandom, but as with anything, it's when it gets to the extremes is where, you know, where it can get really problematic. And, yeah. and absolutely, I, I think it may have been Shari's tweet that was talking about, um, you know, for a lot of young queer fans or I mean even older queer fans that, um, you know, this is women's sport, or the Matildas are kind of like their one direction or their BTS, but, but at the same time, some pretty horrible behavior happens in those fandoms as well. So like, at the extreme end of fandom in general and, and celebrity culture, you can actually get some, you know, disturbing um, behaviour that as fans you kind of you want to hope that we can self-police that a bit more and really be conscious of what those boundaries should be so that, you know, that the relationship that plays as real human beings can, you know, can maintain, you know, inspiring and authentic relationships with the fan base and not have to close off Mm. um, to an extreme extent because of it, you know, more extreme behavior. And I just think it's always just thinking about, I mean, the players, they deserve privacy and respect like online as well, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean it's open slather on all aspects of your life. Mm. Um, And I think it's, it's a, it can be a hard line to tread. Look, and especially in going back to that queer fandom, we, um, we've talked about this many times about how old I am but um back in the day like, I I understand latching on to the smallest bit of like queer media that would pop up and and maybe thank god the internet wasn't and social media wasn't as prevalent because yeah I may well have been a little obsessive and and over the top as well online if if, if I was a um you know in the same position now but I mean, like I remember on Home and Away, Isla Fisher had a character, and she like ended up leaving with her older lesbian novelist um, partner, and and like that was huge. It was like it was something we hadn't seen before. Um, so, I, I I I get I get being drawn to mm. um, when players do invite the world into. That part of their lives and what that represents, and how inspiring and that is, and that it, it provides, you know, something for people to look up to and, and, you know, not necessarily emulate, but just enjoy being normalized and, mm. um, as, as, you know, as part of something that you love, um, seeing yourself reflected. But at the same time, I still just, you, you still just got to be like, part of me thinks about, well, If you're going to obsess about something or or you're going to, you know, start posting on the internet, like with anything, it's like, well, one other player's open and talking about whatever the issue is. Mm. So if they've put something out there and they're talking about their engagement, right, that's great. Mm. So that's maybe like one thing to think about. But also, would you say whatever you're going to start making Mm. posts about or commenting about, would you say it to their face? Yeah. Is what you're about to do could it potentially cause harm? Like I think back to that relationship chart that oh. was going around um sort of last year, where yeah. somebody mapped out all of the speculative and known relationships across across WOSO. And it's like I find that sort of stuff really disappointing and I I just think that sort of crosses a few boundaries. Uh and is what you're saying is I mean, is it necessary? I mean I think if something's harmless, it can be unnecessary because it might be funny. Mm. But you know, so there, there's always there's always a balancing act going on. Um, but I think, all, and sometimes I just think it's if you're being involved or starting to post or getting like an on something that looks like an online like pylon. It's I don't know. It's, it it can be an intrinsic thing, but like yeah, if it's not something you'd say to their face, but you're just joining in. Like what internet validation and and the gags and laughs, because you just think that they're yeah. a public figure and they're fair game. Just think twice. I mm. it's, uh, I, I how, how do you explain like common sense and respect?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's really what it boils down to. I mean, the point that you make about being pop stars and you know, kind of that that kind of Hollywood influence, like. If anybody is watching the David Beckham documentary at the moment, which I would thoroughly recommend, very good. Uh, and makes me feel a lot older than I am. Um, but same kind of thing, as you say, like, you know, you wouldn't, if you're, even if you're a big, you know, BTS or Taylor Swift or whoever you're into, if you, even if you're a big fan, you wouldn't like message them and be like, hey, this album really sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, you wouldn't just post that on the internet. Like, you might write a review about it. Like, you know, we talk about stuff all the time and we say, oh, you know, a team is not playing very well at the moment. We might be kind of analytical about it, but we wouldn't be like, you suck, you're a bad person, wish harm upon people. Just, as you say, it's just it's not the done thing. And hopefully people realise that and they don't throw pens at people.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's, Having had just... a
2: coins thrown at me at a Western Sydney game, not an enjoyable experience. Oh. <laughs> the old Parramatta Stadium was a was a, an absolute cacophony of fun
0: <laughs> It, it uh, fun is a word not yeah. necessarily the word i would use mm. but, um... and
1: it, it it does feel like you know that you know celebrity across any field like yeah so you do see the men's sport as well so you know um like i said yeah beckham ronaldo versus messi look at the online crap show oh. that yeah. happens with that so it does feel kind of inevitable that you can't stop the bad behavior that it's going to happen um so it does feel a bit like a bit futile to <laughs> complain about it as well it's like but how do you manage it and and I guess uh, I I think it's going to be inevitable that the the idea that we're going to have the kind of access that we've had to pay as that we have in the past it's not long for this world
2: yeah I think you'd be I think you'd be foolish to to think that it'll be continuing for probably even the next five years. I think we'll we'll yeah. see something come up very, very quickly, I think. I, I would be interested to hear, like I would be interested to hear if there was kind of a, a, a you know, social media or PR person with a with their kind of take on this because, like, I think that obviously we're in a digital age, so um, they would be somebody who's managing this kind of thing and what they think the trend would be. But, yeah, I think you're right, Madge. I think it's, you know, give it a couple of years and I don't think we'll be seeing this kind of, this kind of thing happening
0: anymore it's uh suppose that's sad but i mean if as the fame of any kind of industry for want of a better word grows then you, know, you kind of it, it's it's to be expected and you know player welfare as we've said many times on this po- podcast is uh paramount also um it was Impetus who published the piece. Has now been deleted. They said they're going to redo it once they take more things into account. The things we've discussed. So, uh, yeah, we're well, looking forward to that. From actually, they merged with another entity. They're Impetus Seventy One now. I apologies. Yep.
2: They used to be since Seventy One. Yeah, was the other group. It's been
0: a merger. Um, yep. Uh, so yep, uh, On the home straight now, just um, a couple of like new segments that I've uh come up with recently. So, uh, schoolboy errors. There's an entry this week. APL released a graphic about keepers with most saves after round 10. Uh, well done to Isabel Nino for being on the graphic. Just one, just two problems. Uh, Isabel was uh, spelt wrong. And uh, Isabel is listed as a Wanderers player, not a Jets player. Uh, mm. Tough one, tough one there. Um, also, uh Quality spicy tweets. Oh, and a, a little bit of uh, dub oh, heritage. A bit
2: of, self, uh, bit of self-promotion. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> but also, firstly, I actually want to do the the dub heritage. Um, Victory Vikings finding out that Victory had signed Courtney Newborn in the match day graphic for yep. Victory's most recent game. Uh, there she is listed in the subs. Uh, yeah, and uh, for the newer dub fans trust this is how we used to find out about every signing yeah, round one to, was so much fun
2: Used to turn up and get the team sheets and wonder who who half of these people were if they were playing from a, an out-of-state team
0: yeah and then um interesting and then also but also the fun bit trying to figure out who who was the visa player who are the visa yeah. players yes <laughs> that, but anyway i'm glad that's that's largely behind us but yeah spicy treats yeah there's self-promotion uh Dale referred to is um yeah uh there was it the ball the backstory is bit of debate over what would be michelle Heyman's 98th goal it gets scored against western united because we weren't sure if that was off michelle Heyman or an alana Surn own goal but eventually clarified by the ref from that game as a Heyman goal that took it to 98 Heyman then scored against sydney last week to take it to 99 and thank you del for this tweet I'd ask the official league account how many goals Heyman had scored, but they probably tally her wins first. Yeah,
2: it, Thank Like you, there's so there's that, layers there's layers upon layers of in jokes there.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. If you missed last week's podcast and you, and you somehow missed this discussion, firstly, good for you, but secondly, uh, the the course of reference to the um, unannounced, unannounced news that uh, number of wins is a tiebreaker re- tie for goal difference now in the hmm. a- leagues. Um, okay. <laughs> and then this one <laughs> ah this this tweet here um it is a couple of screenshots actually from the by the way slight controversy from the author in question of the other article we were just talking about uh, a couple of screenshots uh, firstly of uh, the new women's ice hockey league in north america so a couple of pla- firstly <laughs> Score a goal and celebrate with your fiance. Two players celebrating. Someone in the replies, her fiance is there. Didn't see him behind the glass. And then the clarification: her fiance is the other player. She's gay, Marcus. So she's gay. Marcus is now the ice hockey <laughs> equivalent of their lesbian Stacey.
1: I love it, and there's nothing I love more than a hardworking comma.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, that's very good. It's
2: yeah, it's the it the 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 complete grammatical. Uh, the complete grammatical work that has been done in that sentence is very good. <laughs> the official account dunking on that person as well. Yes.
0: Did Marcus <laughs> know about this? Uh, yeah. Oh God.
2: Tough, tough scene for Marcus. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just um. But yes, that there we go. Um. I. It's a bit of a harsh. It's a bit of a harsh lesson, but yes, heteronormativity bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else have we got? I. If I apologize in advance, if I don't update the Aussies abroad. Um, some, but um, some of the European leagues are back. Did Joe Montemiro win the Super Cup? I'd say I so, something, yeah. Oh, good, good, another trophy for Joe. And but, yes, yeah, Scotland, Italy, Portugal, and Spain are uh, uh, back in action. So, three good weather countries and Scotland back, back in action. I mean, what's, what's the point of a Scottish winter break? I suppose it's miserable all year round, like, mm. yeah.
1: and just as an aside, before it starts, because it's going to start soon. Joe's not leaving that job to come and coach the Matildas.
0: Oh, yes. No. No. we we'll yes. just say we that every
1: pod.
2: We had this chat a couple of weeks like, ago. Didn't yeah, we we'll just say that...
1: it every pod. So it sinks yes.
0: into people. <coughs> it's worth saying again, like, <laughs> if I had Italian heritage mm. and coached one of the biggest names in world football and I was living in Turin, no. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You didn't. No, no. I mean... The most cynical above us, I mean, this is more of a men's football thing, admittedly, but they say the point of Australian football is to leave the country, but which is a little bit harsh on us, but you you, you can see why we... It's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Some of the issues that are faced, and as I said, if you can set up, uh, if you can be George Montemuro and have that life, and also at least for one season, um, wreck the Emma Hayes hegemony in the WSL Well, Yeah. yeah, yeah just do you. and You know, some club coaching and national team coaching are very different. Like his, I think it, I mean, we, I, I assume all good takes are Kieran, but he did make the good point where chucking his hat in the ring. Cause he's Australian. We don't actually know that he'd be good. That national team yeah. coaching is for him. National team
2: coaching is very, very different. Yeah. It's all about uh, player motivation and workload management, as opposed to instilling yeah. a tactical style over 30 yes. weeks of the season.
0: Yep. Very, uh, very good points. Um, uh, it's about time to wrap it up with Queens, Kings, and the Emperors of the week. Firstly, um, just an odd coincidence of the week that two Danish footballers have been diagnosed with heart condition. So, best wishes to Everton's Rika I There's no way I pronounced that correctly, but um, Rikas has had to retire due to a heart condition. Also, Brid- Brisbane Roars' Hannah Holgersen is sitting out the rest of the season due to a similar diagnosis. Now, um, Madge, uh, You've already mentioned your queen of the week, but please do so again.
1: Yeah, I'm just really happy um, to see Kaya Stevenson grab her first dub goal. Uh, I think she's she's been great. Um, like last season, she sort of made her debut. I think it was last season. Um, and she's been playing really well. Uh, you know, started the game, and yeah, just a nice first touch finish uh, from a nice cross from. Um, from Sean Fryer, but yeah, she's been great in the midfield and so sort of a really really interesting fun attacking player so um great to see her kick off her goal tally.
0: and oh well, I mean the with ACL injuries being the enduring topic of this podcast and women's football generally that's another Sean's another player to recover from an ACL but yeah, I mean <clears> uh Alex Smith could do a lot worse tactically than, than just tell this place. you know what give the ball to shot and let her cook because yeah, it well, worked. It worked that against Wellington. That seems
1: to be what happens a lot of the time, but yeah. And it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Dale, your selection is another dub goal scorer from the weekend.
2: Yeah. Sarah Clark for her absolute banger against oh. uh, against Newcastle to earn a point. Um, she's probably 30 meters out on an angle, uh, gets the ball, takes a touch inside and just absolutely belts it into the top mm-hmm. corner, uh, far post, which was pretty great. We love to see that. Yeah. Um, don't love to see Canberra wearing clashing jerseys with Newcastle,
0: but that uh, is yes, a story yes. for another day. That is, uh, that is um, it's a personal like, battle. Yeah, yeah it's because it's actually uh, the the rare case of male non privilege because yeah. we are we are more susceptible to color blindness. And yeah. uh, yes, the Jets pale home kit versus the Canberra pale away kit are uh, not good for some, not no. good for some people. No, um, no. But yeah, so, so uh, if if Sarah Clark had hit the ball any harder, it would have had a bruise on it. Yeah, and also I've got a Queen of Week. It's another goal goal scoring Sarah because um I was watching the foot Futsal national championships earlier today, and uh, the football New South Wales Thunder goalkeeper Sarah Easthope, who long time listeners may have heard me mention a couple of times, but she was a goalkeeper, but she scored uh, during um. Uh, football New South Wales Thunder's four-one victory over Capital Football Cobras in the national champ semis. So I'll keep you updated on what happens in the final, which is tomorrow. As well, it's Tuesday, so it, it'll it'll be played probably by the time this is published. But oh yeah, New South New South New South Wales beating Capital Football. Hi, Stefan. Hope you're doing well.
2: Yeah. So good to uh, see good to see Canberra, or Capital Football wearing the traditional blue and gold. Oh though. yeah,
0: it looks great. By Would the you way. love yes. that? Yep, Would be it a good uh,
2: away kit. Hmm. Make of that what you will.
0: Yes, but you mean actually might it might uh, actually a bit, if depending on the mix of blue and gold probably
2: go a yellow better clash than what yellow home kit yeah. blue shorts striped socks oh yes done it before anyway
0: Can- Canberra football heritage but um. <laughs> Let's uh, leave this uh, discussion, I suppose, maybe kit discussions for another time because it's time to sign off. Uh, Yeah, on behalf of Magellacard and Dale Roots, this is Eric Sabiano ending episode 181 of the Beyond 90 podcast. Thanks for your support. Uh, Wishing you plenty of good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and may your knees be in good working order, please. See you next week.